0: Hello, and welcome to the NPRD podcast with Nurse Practitioner and Registered Dietitian Robin Kiewit. Eating disorders, body image, medicine, they are all interconnected. But with so many programs, techniques and advice to choose from, it's easy to be overwhelmed. Robin, with more than 25 years of experience as a Nurse Practitioner and Registered Dietitian offers help and hope for everyone families, children, and adults. Along with veteran talk show host and good friend, Jordan Rich, Robin invites you to learn much more, right here on the NPRD Podcast.
1: Well, Robin, today we're going to uh, further our discussion on the NPRD Podcast and talk about a program called Helping Parents, Helping Kids, Eating and Body Image 101. First of all, what is this program? Where does it come from?
2: So I came up with this presentation a few months ago, about six months ago now. I was asked by a dear colleague, Jean Fain. She's a wonderful therapist in West Concord to talk to a group of therapists that she works with Mm -hmm. who do not work with eating disorders and body image and to give them some pearls, information, resources so that when their own patients or as patients, their children, their loved ones need and are seeking support with nourishment and body image, eating disorders, there there's there was a way to do that.
1: Well, there's obviously a need for this kind of assistance. Therapists are asking you for help. Uh, talk a little bit about where that need's coming from and how important that need is.
2: So, I'll need to reference the pandemic a bit here mm-hmm. in that and and I'm I'm going to answer this in two different ways. Personally in my practice since March of 2020, I've seen a 100% increase. Mm. And across the board with every therapist Dietitian, clinician i know in this field and some in other realms of healthcare. i'm not i'm you know i'm not leaving that out right. that we are more than working double to accommodate reach help those struggling with with eating disorders and disordered eating we um Gene and Gene asked me to do this because so many therapists who don't work in this area of the field were getting questions. And so how do we how do we do
1: that? It makes perfect sense uh, that this problem has been exacerbated by the pandemic. And just to take a sidebar for a second, so many people jokingly say, "Oh, I put on 15, 20 pounds by just being home all day long." That's the average comment, but we're talking about people who have serious Concerns about their health, their image, Uh, they're having depression and other issues, right?
2: Yeah, anxiety and depression have been very exacerbated by the pandemic. Um, I know that while a lot of people do comment on a weight gain, I think there's some little joke about that, that, you know, we are actually seeing completely the opposite Mm. in any you know, nugget of potential anxiety or depression or worry about nourishment, food, body image has been more than exacerbated over the last 15 months and is not slowing down.
1: So what kinds of approaches do you take with these therapists in this program that has been so helpful? What has been your uh, approach that you found success with?
2: So I do like to start in a pretty, you know, sort of simple way. Mm-hmm. I like to go back to remind families and parents to st- choose what's best for them, not eliminate entire food groups. So we want therapists to bring that information to parents. What I like to say to other clinicians who aren't in the field as well, how we counsel our patients on eating and body image are directly linked to how we feel about these pieces ourselves. And if we're not in a recovered or healed place, we need to do that work. We also need to understand truly how adolescent bodies grow. They grow up and out and up and out. And I can't tell you how many times I see a kiddo who, you know, was in their growing out phase and got told something and that spiraled. Mm -hmm. So we need to understand, you know, what's normal in that process. And then, you know, educating ourselves on what's the difference between an eating disorder and disordered eating and, you know, kind of when does that stop and start. There are pearls for all ages, and we'll talk today about pearls for parents of age zero to adult children.
1: Just a quick sidebar. There doesn't seem to be and there hasn't been enough emphasis placed on nutritional training for people in the medical field. This has been a problem for a long time.
2: It needs to be more. We could... You know, we're coming up with all these ideas for lots of different podcasts just today. that's, but, that's the fun <laughs> of sitting so, out and talking, right? So the the best thing about you know, we we need more nutrition education across the board for for new MDs, nurse practitioners, and physician assistants, because NPs and PAs are seeing a lot of the of the primary care patients. However, this is why we have registered dietitians, because we are the experts in the field. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: Let's share a couple of pearls just to give folks a sense as to what we're talking about, how you're helping the therapists help their patients.
2: So, and I will say that a lot of the therapists I work with already know all of this. This information is really for families and parents and Folks, clinicians who do not work with eating disorders, um, again, here, healing yourself first. So, I like to remind parents and clinicians that work with parents that eating issues, nourishment pieces, body image can weirdly start in utero. And we could, we'll talk another time about something called transgenerational trauma. But we also know that. Eating more variety while breastfeeding can enhance our kids' likes and dislikes. There's this old suggestion or a a suggestion that if we give a little, and by I I reference children calling them littles. I just love that. But um, if we offer a little, a new food, 15 times that's enough. I ask parents to try 50 times, and I ask them to try Mm. a spoonful. Don't give your little like a cup of mashed potatoes. That's too much, a spoonful. Also noting that textures can be really challenging for different kids, and we want to allow snacking. We don't have to allow it, you know, in an over-the-top way, but two or three snacks a day is pretty normal.
1: Uh, I love the fact that you're talking about getting to this issue when the kids are so young and and sometimes before they're even born, but when they're so young, when they're infants and toddlers, that's so critical, isn't it?
2: It's super critical to also understand that worrying about your child getting enough protein, carbohydrate, or fat, we, we often worry about that too much. The other thing I'm seeing more now than I ever saw before, and it's been a trend for a couple of years, is parents making sugar the enemy. My daughter tells me routinely she loves me for a lot of reasons, but she tells me she loves me because we have dessert every day in our house. And having dessert, having it available is on a daily basis is way better than making it kind of sort of this super special thing, as well as sitting at the table, which is so hard for some kids and families for a lot of reasons, hard to sit down, schedules, but even trying to sit at a table one to two times a day for what we might call a meal.
1: Well, I think the idea of anything being absolute and across the board, especially to a child, is very uh, disconcerting and, let's put it this way, very challenging. If you say, no, you cannot have any bread with any meal because that's going to turn into sugar and you're going to get fat. I mean, that's a a complete turnoff to anybody, especially somebody like me who loves bread. But the point is uh, the absolutism is, is a little scary and kids have a tough time with that, don't they?
2: Yes. And the absolutism can actually cause the anxiety. It's what drives it. When children are about eight or nine years old, that's when they may start showing signs of disordered eating at an, you know the earliest age. I think my, early, my youngest patient right now is about 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to continue family meals as much as possible at that age, sitting with your children, eating with your children, not making comments about, oh, I can't believe you ate that much, or how could you have eaten that? We want to keep that out. This is the time when some children begin their spurts in the growing up and out, and they might begin storing fat for what we call the tween years. It's also when kids start to focus on body image there and other bodies. We want to make sure all of that's really positive. Um, You know, just your body's so strong, but as well, sometimes just not commenting on it at all. You know, using... Other things to encourage our kids and tell them how awesome we think they are. Mm. It's also a great time to allow some independence a couple nights a week. Actually, a lot of the time my daughter gets her dessert herself, which I think is pretty cute. Mm. Um, We want to keep introducing new foods in spoonful sizes. Mm -hmm. And having kids check in with how does their belly feel? Do they know what hunger and fullness is? because that's really important.
1: One of the takeaways I'm getting here is the importance, the vital importance of having the families involved. Not, I mean, obviously you've got kids and their parents are bringing the kids to you, but it's key for these parents and even siblings to be part of the equation.
2: We want the family meals to be as routine and calm as possible. Mm-hmm. I understand how difficult that can be. I'll I'll add in the caveat that I know when my son was young, I always heard the expression, it takes a village, it takes a village. And now that he's a senior in college, my thought is it takes a county. It takes a lot of people to raise a kid. And you want to have all those good people around, you know, nourishing and n- really not commenting negatively on food or body image at all. Um especially once we get to middle school, so many enormous body changes. Sometimes we can have comments made at yearly physicals around weight gain. That is actually pretty normal. Um, I think a lot of parents are still pretty focused on water, 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 Um, not juice, not anything else, the whole sugar thing. There is a place for some of the sports drinks. Um, And then you know, going on to high school as hard as it is, I applaud any family that can get one meal a day, or even a couple meals a weekend.
1: I asked for a pearl. I got an entire sorry. necklace. Sorry, no, I got, Sorry, I'm so don't be sorry. About this, this is topic. this is great. We got an entire necklace and a couple of <laughs> earrings yeah. out of it. That was wonderful. How can people find out more specifically about the Helping Parents Helping Kids plan?
2: So I gave this talk a couple of times in the fall. What we're looking at, and we're going to talk about this more in a different podcast, is offering this presentation to other therapists, other clinicians who do not work with eating disorders or disordered eating too much, and also going into schools. We've had requests to go into many schools in the area, not just myself, but my associate dietitian, and our whole collaborative, the Greater Boston Wellness Collaborative, which is a group of of experienced and more than that passionate professionals in the eating disorder field, we are we are ready to go. Oh, and I was just thinking another resource, speaking of family meals, mm-hmm. as we record this, August is Kids Eat Right Month. That's a theme the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics has been putting forth for a number of years now. More resources are on eatright.org. And one of the points that they recommend for families and kiddos in this process is to enjoy these family meals together as it, it is in such an important step to improving family health and bonding.
1: That's another fine resource, eatright.org.
2: Eatright.org is the academy website.
1: Well, yes. Robin, we covered a lot of ground and we're just getting warmed up. This is so much fun and so important to get this information out. So I look forward to hanging with you on the next episode of, yes. uh, of the podcast. All
0: right, you take care. Thank you for joining us for the NPRD podcast with Robin Kievit. We invite you to subscribe, download, rate and review us and share this valuable podcast with friends and family. Help and hope is found here. For more, just go to RobinKievitt.com. That's R-O-B-Y-N-K-I-E-V-I-T.com. Or check out TheNPRD.com.